Hi and welcome to another episode of Wine and Wisdom. I'm Thomas Lehuang and you're listening to the TL podcast where knowledge is shared and no one takes themselves too seriously. everybody how are we today great i'm very, very good meg you're good i can tell you're in fine form already <laughs> sledging the crap out of me <laughs> there's no sledging happening all we're oh. asking for is a bit of effort mate effort. <laughs> i bring food i bring wine <laughs> i arrive on time well. <laughs> i suppose chocolate is in one of the food groups i suppose it is balanced diet it's first time I've seen Cadbury favourites on a uh, on a mixing platter, a tasting platter. So. All right, so let's start. Let's start with the wine. Come on, which one are we starting with? All right, so we'll start with mine. Uh, I have here an Elborn 2015 Shiraz. Yes, Elborn Estate in the Hunter Valley. Yes, when uh, my friend at local liquor at Barrow pointed it out to me, I've never heard of the Elborn. Do yourself a favour and go do a tasting there. Where is it? I oh, know it's in the Hunter, but. In relation to what? I can't remember exactly. It's, um, it's very close, very close to, um, uh, what is it? Um, it's up quite high. Yeah, it's, it's high. Uh, come on, that restaurant. Molines. Okay. Bistro Molines. Yeah, yes, okay. actually. Up the top. So I was told that 2014 was to die for, but you can't get it. So we'll see how the 2015 goes. Yes, they've done goes. well because they, they're very young. These people just started... Um, just a few years ago, that was their first vintage. Yeah, okay. Probably not even not even ten years ago. That's amazing, mate. Oh, smells the goods. Oh well. So the last time I took a tip off my friend at uh, local liquor, it didn't go down so well. No. So um, it wasn't I'm the best. Hoping she it saves herself. They do um, the tastings from their place, their own home at the moment, and they make their own meat as well. Ooh, oh, I'm already interested now. They're opening up their own cellar door, Probably though. I that. think it's going to be in Lovedale. Oh wow, that's got colour to it. Well, his his wife is a dentist in Chestnut. 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 Chestnut, bro. You'd find that the people over there they call it Chestnut. No, they don't. <laughs> no, you're not. And uh, chestnuts are called chestnut, not chestnuts. It's called it's called neck knock. <laughs> Seriously, you you guys have never been there after a few bottles. It is chestnut. <laughs> All right, so what, what are we doing today? What are we doing? Well, it's uh, September of the um, Stoics. September already. It's an amazing thing. Reading a book like this with you guys, and actually I do learn way, way more than that by um, reading it by myself. Yeah. It's a funny thing because when you read the book by yourself, all that you look at is from your own point of view. Very true. Mm. And... Talking with you guys, suddenly there's so many angles. I mean, with Cameron, there's no angles. So it doesn't really matter. It might be just curves, mate. They're, they're, just all curves. Juice, they're all on juice angles. <laughs> they're just curves, baby. <laughs> hey, mate. We, we gave him two weeks to prepare. He read yesterday. <laughs> no, but I tried to read yesterday. Actually, you interrupted it. He comes in yesterday. I'm hard studying. He's like, "What are you studying?" I'm like, "What do you think?" So then he just made it his mission to distract me. <laughs> Sarah, I got two pages done. Cheers, guys. Let's check, check the wine first. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you very much. I need to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's, that's in our that language. reaction. That's our language. Is 
not too good. <laughs> and I'm praying <laughs> that it's going to change. Their 2014 one was very nice. Their 2014 one was very nice. Well, September was good, huh? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah I liked it. What, what was September? Well, it deals with my favourite two subjects, uh, resilience and will. The will of humans, and we've you know we've been busy, busy three weeks and yep. a lot of stuff. And will has come up a lot, but when we when we talk about will and people's will, it uh, takes away all the excuses because pretty much everything in life can be come down to your own will or willpower. Um, I thought September was a good one for that. So let's rip into it. It was a funny thing because while I caught you reading it yesterday, and the quote that you had on your board is exactly what you have tattooed mm. on you. Yeah. And what was what was it? He conquers who conquers himself. In that was an amazing thing. Vincent. What, what, what a coincidence that it was just the month of September. Mm. Yeah. All right, so what, what did we get? The first five days, who got what? Uh, day two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Day two, the philosopher's school is a hospital, was a, was the heading of it, and it's it's something that we've touched on many, many times in this podcast, but it talks about that uh, personal development and, and changing yourself is not easy, and you're going to get hurt doing it. And the, the line, I love, which wasn't in the book, but means... Uh, Sort of similar as the truth. The truth shall set you free, but first it'll piss you off. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, everything what you learn about yourself, if you do it the right way and, and take it with an open mind, there's going to be a few bruises along the way. And uh, accepting your faults is a very hard thing to do, which is why not too many people do it. Which yeah. is what you know. Which is why when it's easy to blame somebody else. Yeah, it's, it's much easier to blame somebody else. So um, you'll never you'll never change or you'll never make long-lasting change until you accept your own failures and, and working out that you're a failure at a lot of things is uh, a painful experience in the beginning. Are, so. are we hurt Are we hurt by that because we're, our ego is bruised or, or is it because we realise we, we want to be more and we're not quite where we need to be? Mm, no, no, well, no. Do you reckon there's a bit of embarrassment because you go on, like both. in my case, for 30 years thinking you're one thing and then realising you're another and then you go, oh, shit, I'm not all I, cr- I thought I was was and yep. not all I'm cracked up to be and um, so there's a there's a whole I think there's an ego combination a dent to the ego there's a there's a bit of embarrassment there there, there might be a bit of shame involved there's yep. all sorts of stuff no, the, the, but it's not just that I, I, I think there's also pain it could be physical pain it could be mental pain there's there's people who my father for example was a very successful guy until he lost everything from the war and when he went to Belgium they didn't recognize his diploma so he he was not allowed to teach in, in his position. That broke him because he could not take that pain. Yeah. And, and, and to me, it's linked to September 3rd because I don't think that dad went through the, uh, a hard winter training on his mindset. Mm. Everything he's touched turned into gold up until then. So he, he didn't know what failure was about. So he never had to... Uh, hit the hard slog. Everything was easy, so he he missed that winter training, and I, and I think it's fantastic. You have to have that winter training. I, I had a, a, a young bloke asking me, like, when do you think I'll be ready to go out? I said, listen, mate, when you're ready, first you you you'll train, and you're gonna have to trust that we know enough to unleash you at the right time. If we let you go too fast, too early, you're gonna crumble. You're gonna stumble. You're gonna fall. That's going to be our fault because a lot of people never st- get back up, you know, from, from there. Get up from, from, from their pain. Yeah. And so you just have to learn and trust that your leader or your boss or someone who's employed you sees that you're ready for the position. Yeah. Number four. Yeah. So I judge you unfortunate because you've never lived through misfortune. You have passed through life without an opponent. No one can ever know what you are capable of, not even you. Does... 
greatness require suffering or pain? That's very good. Uh, good question. Maybe if, uh, to me, maybe if you are a very lucky person, doesn't have to, but I'd have to say that most of us, we, we not only we have to go through this, but I believe that adversity not only reveals who you are truly, but actually teach you way, way more than success. Mm. I think a lot of the most successful people have always endured pain and a lot of them, like a, a real lot of pain. <coughs> and that's what's led them to some of the heights of success that they've gotten to is from that pain. Thomas is right. You don't you don't have to have had it. Like there, there can be luck or there can be circumstances that allow other things. But all in all, majority of people in their life at some point. Can you reach had it. real greatness though on luck? If if someone's managed to be great, well, become great. Yeah, oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Dumb luck. Well, you, you could, but then it's staying there. Yeah. No. I just. Do you think so? Would the guy we're going to talk about in the next thing we've studied a lot of people so far on the podcast and a lot of them have been through talk a, about him now, a whole man, lot of pain no on. but there's someone where there's, there doesn't appear like to be a tremendous amount of suffering right so but reached a tremendous level of greatness in chosen field now then it comes to you know, what, what's suffering you know, no doubt suffered through training no doubt sacrificed to do whatever but it's, it, he didn't it say suffering he didn't say suffering because remember that uh, the Stoics is about the fact that everybody gets pain. I judge you unfortunately. Right? Suffering is optional, yeah, right? With no opponent. And, and so we, he says, he, the word he is talk is about his pain. Mis- misfortune. He's, he's, I judge you unfortunate because you have never lived through misfortune. Yeah. Challenges, problems. With, when it comes to luck, they speak about that later in the month, um, being lucky and working, and se- working hard. Uh, and a lot of the people we have read about or talk about have gone through, whether it's been, you know, survived a disease or lost a loved one or or whatever it may be, they've gone through that adversity to build that scar tissue and reveal their true nature, like you said before. Um, so I think it's it's not an essential, but it, 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 in my it lot of cases... It talks about a bit in this month. It comes back to it yeah. a couple of times, the, the need for pain almost. And well, quite often you don't know do what you're capable of until you won't. you're in... No pain or misfortune or however you want to describe it. Yeah, exactly. A lot of those people that we don't think may have gone through those pain may have had their silent suffering of some form, whatever form it's taken on, whether it's adversity through whatever. Um, so it's going to be different, you know, different horses for courses, so to speak. Yeah. All right. So what about uh, anything else? Otherwise we go from uh, September 6 to 10. I had six in there. Did anyone Come on. ever take on six? Uh, so... Six says, you can bind up my leg, but not even Zeus has the power to break my freedom of choice. And it talks about no matter how bad your circumstances or how bad you perceive your circumstances, the one thing that no external force can take off you is your will. And that's I said at the start, this is one of my favourite topics because we're in positions through our work and in our industry and in life where we're all, we hear excuses every day of the week. It's always someone else's fault that this has happened or, you know, I couldn't do this because the machine was broken or I couldn't do this because my tools weren't working, when at the end of the day you still have a decision you can make in your head, which is will. But I thought about this quite driving around a bit because we've touched on this before where you have a theory that environment will always overcome will. But if you always have your will and always have the ability to make the decision to go one way or the other, does environment always overcome will? Eventually, will. Eventually, because we all have weaknesses. So I, I think that when what we were talking about there would get to you eventually. It was about uh, where did you get great 
and then you pull the team along, or a yeah. bad team will pull you down. Or you go to a bad that team. That yeah. happens all the time. You I see it all the time. You, you you put a champion in in the team that is really mediocre, and he'll fight to change it. Man, he'll run out of puff. So in Gallipoli, right? You had all those guys lined up, and they're going over the trenches, and they're all just getting mowed down with machine guns. And the guys that went behind saw the couple of hundred guys that went before all get killed. And their will still took them over the wall. And that environment, if any environment was going to crush your will, surely be that one. But yet they still kept running over the wall until someone stopped them. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's. I started thinking again about that conversation about environment overcoming will. I don't know if it's all the time. But what the six is saying is no excuses, which, again, we've harped on in this podcast a million times because at the end of the day, no matter what someone else is doing to you, you still have a decision to make. You can do something in spite of, because of, or run away yeah. and blame. Yeah, you have the choice. That yeah. takes you straight into number seven, which is your, your reasoned choice. Yeah. Um, our hidden power is reasoned choice. A lot of think people blame their circumstances. You know what? That's uh, excuse, you know. You, you stumble into the supermarket and buy chocolates instead of cheese. I mean, that's a, a reasoned choice, but... But it is easy, though. It is easy, you know? Absolutely. On the 7th, I've written down uh, something Anthony Robbins says is, uh, what's good about this? What could be good about this? Yeah. And so I think everyone needs just to stop and uh, before they judge. Uh, for me, it's September 9. And it's funny for me, September 9, I and, you know, we've had conversations about this, about certain things. Um, uh, September 9 happens to be my birthday, and it says, nothing to fear but fear itself. And there's a few things that I do fear greatly, um, and I try to work past that. Um, and uh, it's funny for me that it falls actually on this day. And, uh, and it says, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror, which paralyzes needed to effort to convert retreat into advances. Yeah. Um, I think it's, a, it's something we all face in one way or another, whatever it is, silently, publicly, um, whatever it may be. We all have that fear yeah. and... I think Cameron taught me the uh, saying: false <coughs> evidence appearing no, real. Right? Fantasized events appearing real. Right. But for me, for me, <laughs> I, I was talking about this with a, a younger person, and I said to, to that person: when you fear something, you create some kind of thoughts. Imagine, you imagine something. Fifty percent chance you're going to be right. So why the hell aren't you? Focusing on the other 50%. Because <laughs> it's still 50%. And probably not even. Sometimes it's <laughs> all the things that you can create in your own mind about what might or might not happen. It's probably none of those. It's yeah. a combination of some I of them. I get that. But I get that. But let's say it's 50%. Yeah. Right? Still. Let's say that you are such a great uh, person at, fe at, at creating fears. Mm. Okay? And let's say that 50% is going to happen. 50% chance. It's like saying it's going to rain in two weeks. It's 50%. I, I don't know. Yeah. But why wouldn't you spend your thoughts on, well, in two weeks, the 50%, it's going to be sunny? Does it make sense to me? Well, yeah. one of the ones, like Where I highlighted the same as what you did, but then further down it says, the things that we fear pale in comparison to the damage we do to ourselves and others when we unthinkingly scramble to avoid them. Absolutely. You'd be doing so much to avoid something that you think might happen that isn't even going to happen. Yeah, I think, I mean, we're being pretty soft on it, but Seneca, his, his line at the top of the page is fairly unequivocal, but there is no reason to live and no limit to our miseries if we let our fears predominate. He's, he's going to the extreme of saying there's no, no point, point being living. alive if you're going to let fear 
rule your run life. your life. Yep. And and to some extent that's true because how many people get to the end of their life and they've let fear stop them doing anything or, or the things they really wanted to do that the whole time. Um, and and we know that that's where their biggest regrets come from. So. I, I don't know who who taught it to me. I, I've got a feeling it was you, Thomas, but I, I could be wrong. And we're having a chat about fear and, and we're having a chat about, you know, certain things you said, and then what? And, and if, it, if it goes bad, and then what? And you sort of really work through it to a point where it, it really means nothing. What you're scared of, actually, even if it happens, it really means nothing. So I just thought it was a very poignant... This is page. why um, I was running a, um, a training session not so long ago, and one of the people said a few people that he knows of who read this book have gone negative. Mm. And f- my first thing is, they haven't read the whole book. It's not possible. So I asked him, you read the book? And he said, yeah, he's read. And I'm thinking, it's not possible. Because a story... He said he had to stop reading it because of the effect it was having it's, on Yeah, well, should have, shouldn't have stopped. You should have gone to the month of December. Mm. Because a stoic is a person that says, good, bad, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it can't kill me. Mm. I, I keep forward, moving forward. So... The people who are starting to feel negative, to me, were people who starting to realise that, oh, maybe it's time for me to point the finger and blame someone because I'm not doing any of these things. And yes, if you're if you a weak person, if you're a person filled with a lot of fears, a, a stoic kind of book is not going to be right for you because that's going to show you how inadequate you are. Yeah, it's going to bring number two into play, which is the hospital. I think it just a lot of emotion when you read it. Yeah. Of inner I think it's perfect for, safe, so, so for someone who needs to self-reflect and, and wants to improve themselves. It's a perfect book mm. to take that time because it does rehash on a lot of topics a lot of times. And we've said it numerous times in the podcast that the following month and the following month and following, we're seeing the same repetition mm. in a lot of the topics. But we need a lot of that. A lot of people need that to... Yeah, well, it doesn't sink in. The to sink in, right, to sink in. But it's almost as if if you're getting anxious about it, it's almost as, as if you've read the first two lines of a page and not the rest of it where the first two lines of a page says, if you do this, it might be a problem. And it's almost like hearing hearing that said the other day, is, well, they've stopped at line two because then the rest of the paragraph says, but don't worry because blah, blah, right. blah. And they're, they're focusing on the, mm. oh, shit, I've, I've done this wrong. Rather I think than I've definitely got the message better doing it this way. Like the first time when I read it, and I didn't read the whole book the first time, but <clears throat> when I first bought it, I just started from the day that it was and ev- I'd le- I left it at work. So it wasn't a book that I read every night or anything. And every morning when I'd get in, I'd just read that day and that would be it. That was all I would do. But because you have so much else that happens in between, you didn't link it as much as what we are by doing it this way because you read sort of the chapter and go, oh, okay, you realise you piece it together a lot better than what I did by doing it. Yeah. And what's what's the other option for those people? They just read a book that says you are great, you are powerful, you are wise, be whoever you can be. Like they're the only books they're going to be able to read in that case. <laughs> no, what, 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 what I think when that person told me this, those people are reading books need to start applying books, not read. Because these kind of books here get you to work on yourself. If, if you don't, you shouldn't work. That's the like, hardest kind of work. Huh? Like yesterday, the four of us, we had a, a, a session that I thought was so powerful. I, I don't know whether you got that, that, that kind of feeling, but it was powerful. Just asking that question about picking that person, mm-hmm. you know, because it made us think. Mm-hmm. And as we were thinking, it changed the stuff. You don't have that with people reading a normal book. When, when, when we do it, the four of us, because we got that same information, now we... 
testing it. No, how come not? And and yeah, but he did this or she did that. And suddenly your entire being changed. Now the book is starting to own you. And I think that that's what should happen with great books. Is that a, a great book should never leave you unchanged. Bad books, it's called entertainment. Good books, by the time you finish the, the last page, you should be transformed. But you have the choice of whether to be transformed or not too. Because people will, people will read this book and go, oh, that didn't change me. That did nothing for me. I'm not any of those. And then that's that's back on you, not on the book. So You've got to be yeah. ready for the book, though. The teacher will appear when the student's ready, right? So that was... 11 to 15? Not so much from an inspirational point of view, but I thought 10 and 11 that tied into each other and were is an interesting concept because it, it talks about um, training again and being prepared for yeah. not necessarily good things to happen, bad things to happen. But I've sort of written here... How do you prepare for something you've never experienced? Like how it says, live, live, you know, try being poor now, or try living destitute now, or do these things now while times are good. So when if they ever do happen to you, you're ready for it. But mm. if it's something you've never experienced before, I wonder how you set that training session up. Like when I coach footy, I can go to footy and set up a training session based on my previous experience and I'm teaching kids, but if you're meant to do this yourself and go... Well, uh, then I think it, what it would say is that do not fear that thing that happens w- that you haven't seen and mm. then go back to one of the months where it was talking about action, take action, whether you know uh, everything or not about it. That, th- I think that's what the stoic mm. is. The stoic is not about be prepared for everything. The stoic is be prepared for action. Mm. I th- yeah, I think it goes back to the whole, you know, when the seas are calm train for the rough seas kind of thing and you can't train as to how the seas are going to be rough how high they're going to be or what angle the boat's going to take but relating it back to your footy you can never prepare your team for what play the other team might take or how the wind might be blowing that day or what happens on the field um to them but you can train their fitness you can train their head you can train them to work as a team and so you're not training them for what situation that might happen you're training them to be ready for the situation that might happen but in that situation in the footy situation those kids have got me to point them in some sort of a right direction the, the average person who might not have a group of a mastermind group or a mentor who reads that and says right oh, i haven't really gone through much misfortune and i haven't suffered yet but now i've got to prepare for suffering you wouldn't know where, where's the first place to look what i'm what i'm saying is how do you prepare if you've got no one guiding you like our parents Oh, yeah, back when I was a kid, I did this and I did that. But if someone doesn't have that, how are they going to prepare for something they're completely naive to or, or about? Look, I, I think if, if you haven't immersed yourself in books and, and, and specifically like the Stoic, you, you would really be blindsided, sorry, blindsided to be able to see what to do. You wouldn't have that knowledge and wouldn't have that understanding that there is a, a left or a right way or reach out for help. In the Stoic, though, we know that to ask for help is not a, a bad thing. We know that, um, like Meg said, train and be prepared, mm. but you don't know what's going to come. So I think it's going to come down to self-education to be prepared. Well, that's what it's saying. It says if, you, you know, if you're worried about being poor when you've got money, act like you're poor for a while. But what I'm saying, it's just an interesting concept. Because yeah. mm-hmm. most of our learnings, I, I can teach footy because I learned footy and someone else taught me and someone else taught them. No, you can read from books, mate. I think you, you can teach them, you can train them and you can do drills with them and you can get their fitness up, but you can't teach them how to go out and play on that day, how that ball's going to come to them. No, I you understand. Te- yeah. So it's almost the same thing. You're teaching them to be prepared for when they get on the field, to 
be able to deliver what they need to deliver as an individual footy player and as a team together. You're not saying, all right, in the first minute of the game, this is going to happen, this is what I need What I need you to do. You're training them to be ready for that. And that's what our whole life is about, you know, learning maths and learning trigonometry and algebra and all this stuff that we learn in school that you kind of think is irrelevant and it can be because you think, well, when do I ever use it? Still but is. Well. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not true. That, that's why I disagree with you. At some point in your life, I it, absolutely it, will agree come, with Meg. it will be, it will come out and you won't even realise that that's what it related absolutely. back to, but it does. Absolutely. The fact that you don't know how to solve a problem, it teaches you how do I solve it? Do I go to dad? Do I search online? Do I ask for someone for help? Or do I try it myself? And, and I think that, you know, the people who are sitting here and uh, or the people who are sitting in front of a maths book or, or anything logical and they say, well, you know, I'll never use it, a computer. You're missing the point. It's teaching you the way to dance around problems in life. The maths thing is just that thing that is put in front of you because everyone knows has got the same problem. But how do you fix your problem in life depends on how you fix this issue. Yep. And it starts so young. Like Absolutely. Even last night we were talking about the, the um, eclipse and I'd taken Jordan out the front and they'd been learning about the solar system at school and he's telling me how it's Mercury and this is what's happening and he'd made up this whole story about what was happening, which was brilliant. I'm not going to stop him and say, no, you're wrong. That's not right. Like, and watching how people's, that's something that he's learnt that he's putting into play and it's not a challenge, it's not a, you know, adversity or whatever, but it's just showing that from literally the second that we're born, our brains are being wired with how to overcome things, how to learn how to roll over when you're a baby, how to learn how to crawl, how to learn how to walk, how to learn how to say words, use a spoon, like things that we just take for granted yeah. are being wired into us from such a young age and I think... Cam, you're like as a coach. That's a really important role for people because you're not. You don't have to teach them to know exactly what to do. Mm. You just have to teach them to be ready mm. and at their best ability to be able to face that. That's nice. Okay. Anything else? Uh, Twelve was a good one, but only because I shoot my mouth off constantly. So <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I think that you. No, no, no. You raise good points. You, listen, this this is why we do this. Is that you raise the point from your own angle. And this is why we have other angles. Yeah. And then suddenly, and this is why I say reading books like this together, it enriches the way we read. Seriously, it's probably, for all of us, including myself, probably one of the first books where I've read with four angles together. Yeah. Many other books I do my angle. And then what happens? You say the teacher, it was the student is only going to appear, right? When the student's ready, the, the teacher, teacher will appear. Yeah. So what happened is that we now have four teachers who are here appearing to four different students. So all I have to do is now to learn what did this student ask and what did his teachers uh, see in, in the problem. I mean, th this is the beauty of that. So 12 is be down to earth or be brought down. Yeah. I think you could have stopped at the heading there because that happens to me. Yeah, that's what I said. That's what I said. I, I already beat you to it, mate. I said number 12 because it happens to me constantly. I, I personally like, really like uh, September 15th. Yeah, I've got that It's yeah. not yeah. for show. Yeah. Right? We don't need to improve to show the world how good we are. We don't have to go out there and do videos after the videos and pretending that, you know, we are the Mickey Mouse of real estate. We just have to carry on and, and, and do the bit that we need to be doing. That's it. Uh, I, I think that it w that's why uh, Epictetus, who 
was a slave said in that first line first practice not letting people know who you are give your philosophy to yourself for a bit that's why marcus aurelius at the end of his life asked his aide make sure you burn all my books upon my death i mean one dude so this this is a discussion for another time did not listen to him and kept the books thank god because mm. we would have missed all of that but marcus aurelius said no the books were for me to teach me who am i to pretend that i know more than anybody else and think that my lesson could teach somebody else that's where he was wrong it's a good conversation like you said good conversation for another time yep. absolutely you gave a similar theory at the leadership last year where you said take all this knowledge and do not use it do not go back to your offices and try and he says that almost every change people straight away. No, he hasn't. I haven't heard him that adamant about it before. Do not do anything big change. Don't go back to your changes. office and try and change everyone straight away because obviously the topics we study are pretty heavy. Don't go out there just to come back and sound good and sprout your knowledge in front of anything because you're going to bugger it up. And in the stuff we were talking about, there's a very real uh, possibility to do more harm than good. Um, and still some people went straight out of the room and had to get on the phone and sprout off their new knowledge to people and try and change the world overnight. And it's the, the pages about just because you've read a book doesn't mean everyone on the world has to know that you've read it. Um, I like 16, 16. Yeah. Really like 16. Um, anyone can get lucky. Not everyone can persevere. What I took out of that is um, that which is won is easily lost because there's none of that let life lessons built up during that process to get to where you need to be. And that is, which is built on a solid foundation, will, you know, stand the test of time mm. and will which last. kind of relates a little bit to what Cam was talking about before about, you know, can you just get lucky or do you have to have had a exactly challenge right. or, or not even a challenge, but have people that have had to work for things probably have an edge over people that have just gotten lucky. But it says here not everyone can persevere. You can get lucky, you yeah. can get to a certain point, but after that... Yeah, 16 is important for people who are prone to a bit of jealousy or, or envy or, you know, how come they've got that but I don't have that. 16 is a great way of reminding yourself that you hang in there. You know. There's some crazy stat about Lotto that some huge percentage of people who win Lotto are broke within two years yeah. you know, because luck doesn't build the foundations of, um, you know, it doesn't teach you how to handle money just because you've been given a shitload of it. I would love to be the first to prove it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a I solid would, foundation, mate. Yeah. No, but that's the thing. If, if but people who've been through the ringer and then win lotto, a much better chance. We're talking about perseverance, and, and this is in the news, so we might as well just bring him out. But Phil Mickelson. Yeah, yeah, the golfer. Yeah. Right? I've heard people saying, oh, it's likely he's going to win when he was leading. And now he's the oldest golf player ever at the age of 50 to have won a major. To I mean, at 50 to, to hit the ball like these young guys. And he's done it. It's called perseverance for you. And he's famous for coming second. His whole thing throughout his entire career, he was unlucky enough to be at his peak when Tiger Woods was at his peak. So, of course, he's going to come second. But his whole thing in life was... Phil's a bridesmaid. That's what his nickname was. So. But it's prepared him for this. Yeah. Yep. By being second to someone so amazing, it's, it's got him ready for this. I didn't have anything to... Um, I had 17 and it was just when someone's got a strong opinion about something, it's usually it usually says more about them than whatever or whomever the opinion has to be about. No, it doesn't. 
Tell me more. I don't know what you're talking Tell about. Tell me more. <laughs> Please do. Thanks for the chocolate. You're rubbish, mate. <laughs> it wasn't, but it wasn't even about that. It, was, it wasn't even about, about the opinion. It was about, you know, when people are acting a certain way or saying certain things about people behind their backs or whatever it is, it always says more about them than about the person themselves. And then it's about the person that it's being said about their response. They have to realise that it's about them then. Um, as to how they respond to that, again, shows more about themselves than the other person. So yeah, yeah. you don't have to fight fire with fire. No, there's a book saying. called The Four Agreements which explains it very well and it basically says whatever the person is bagging you about is something that they don't like in themselves yeah. because we're all a mirror. We all, we all see in each other what we actually like and don't like about ourselves. So yeah. um, Very hard to remember when you hear people talking shit. Um, <laughs> it is, it, but... Then, as Meg said, the second part of that story is, yeah, they've said it, but how you react to it is your problem, not theirs. Okay, so let's move forward. I'm down at 21. Okay, let's do it. But maintain composure, maintain control. I only only highlighted it because it's something I've been terrible at over the years. When things affect you, it talks about... Things are always going to affect you, but how quickly you get over it determines how prosperous you're going to be in cer- certain circumstances. So that's one of those things where you read it and go, yeah, shit, still haven't got that sorted, but getting better. Now I only freak out about things for a couple of days instead of a couple of weeks, trying to get it down to a couple of minutes. Yeah, It's funny, a funny thing, though, because I, I don't know if anyone else here suffers the same affliction, but anytime something goes wrong for someone else, I'm always saying, look, it's happened now, get over it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but something will happen to me. And so you can't you, take your own medicine. Hey? You can't take your own oh, medicine. It's one of those easier said than done things. <laughs> yeah. And um, to, uh, to me, you might want to go back to September 20th. I, I really like that page mm. for me. Because I thought that, you know, in life you have to dance. And when it comes to trouble, you don't, need to dance this page is saying you need to just wrestle, wrestle with it i mean i love that because how many people they when when trouble hits them they try to avoid it because they go i'm gonna dance with it no that was the wrong thing just confront it what a flight because when you dance with it that thing's gonna haunt you anyway mm. so it this is when you see people who avoid an issue and the same issue comes back many years later with a different face mm. This time, it's unavoidable for them. They have to wrestle with it, mm. right? Yeah. I, had a, I had a bit of a different thought about that page, I guess, knowing a little bit about dancing and doing dancing for a lot of my life. It <coughs> probably it hit a different point with me because in here it talks about in wrestling, you've got an opponent, so it's more difficult. Um, and it, again, it's going to relate a little bit to the person we're going to talk about soon, but with dancing, it's more an insular thing. So, yes... In wrestling, you've got a physical opponent, but in dancing, it's you've got your mental opponent and an emotional side. So it's very, it's a different um, look at it, I suppose. And in here, it was more about the fact that you know wrestling requires more than a graceful movement, and it's harder because there's that opponent side of things. But I think dancing has equally of that in, in your own opponent. So you're upset because he's picking on dancing. Is no, that what's happening? I'm just discussing the topic and what I thought about it, Cam. Cam's no, a pole dancer. A, I don't know if you no, do that. Look. I've seen him try. <laughs> <laughs> I Jumping think it even says... Fences. I think it mentions... <laughs> poet. trying to fix the pole. <laughs> <laughs> I think it mentions poets on that page. It's very poetic to think of life as a dance and life as music and find your song and sing it. 
what happens if halfway through your first verse someone comes up and punches you in the face? That's, yeah, stop singing. That's what it's <laughs> stop <laughs> singing. <laughs> Mate, you told Ellie to keep singing yesterday. You don't, <laughs> you don't know what we go through. She's good, though. I love Ellie. She's good, though. Yeah, now sometimes things are going to punch you in the face then you can't dance. You, and then you've got one, two oh, choices. Oh, then you've got to wrestle. You run, yeah. yeah. That, and that I think that's what the page is saying. It's yeah. not saying that dancing isn't hard and there's not an inner struggle. But it's time for dancing. No matter how good your moves are. We see it in every superhero movie. The, the, the superhero is always good and eventually they're cornered by 50 people and he's going to have to wrestle. Yeah, and to, to, to follow the, with page 20, uh, the second, uh, 22nd of September, yeah. Back to no that's pain, when he no says gain, that no. the grades don't avoid their test. They go towards because it. Because it tests their abilities, right? Yeah. And th- that is why when you have a problem, I, for me, it's no longer a problem. It is an opportunity for me to learn the next bit of... But myself. It doesn't even have to be about a problem, mate. I've had it recently where people have asked me about certain things. Are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to do this? How are you going to do this? And I'd, my answer was invariably only one, f- only one way to find out, mm. right? Because you, you can't die wondering. And that's it talks in there about going towards your problems or seeking them out or seeking out challenges because through them, if they work, fantastic. And then it talks on a few pages later. If it doesn't work, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. But isn't it too uh, the explanation to why when you have a lot of craps in the bucket, they don't move, but when you only have one, it keeps on trying to get out yeah, of the bucket. It's trying to get out of the bucket. <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. It's that the crowd would always try, the losers would always try, try and to pull keep you back, you yeah. the same place as them. You did say crabs, what? right? Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, because yeah, I've got it now. <laughs> Going, shut up. <laughs> All right, I, I change it to shit. <laughs> Crabs in a bucket. Like, yeah, the sheep will it. always stop yeah. you trying to stray too far from, from the, the herd. Yeah. That's where the black sheep came from. But, And I get that side of it. Uh, um, unfortunately, I think too many people listen to it, though. Too many people worry about what the crowd are saying. And if, if I worried about the crowd, I would be nowhere that I am today. Absolutely nowhere. But, because but, but have you always not listened to the crowd, Cam? I uh, know for a long time I did, and, okay. I, and, I, and I realised. And was it the four I'm agreements? Because we're talking about we've spoken about that past. Was it the four agreements uh, that sort of t- started? Before to turn then, around? I was having this conversation with someone the other day who was who was struggling a little bit, and um, I got bullied a lot coming up through school and childhood, and because of that, always worried about what people thought of me. Yep. And when I, I don't know how young I was, but I was lucky enough to come to the realisation at some point that. Doesn't matter what I do, there are always going to be those people. But then the problem was I went the complete opposite and I went, fuck them, and I didn't listen to anybody about anything, not my parents, not anyone who was trying to help. And that took me down a complete other path, yeah. which was no good for anybody either. Yeah. But at least I was doing it on my terms. So I seem to have found the balance where I've got, fuck you, I'm still going to do it my way, but not to the point where if... I also realise that if people around me know better, then they know better and, and you can take that on board. But um, it's almost got to be when, when the crowd's got such a strong hold on you, there has to be a real strong break at some point. If you're going to break free, like that crab has to jump out of the bucket and run like hell before the, you know, and the sheep has to go before the shepherd catches it and drags it back. So it's, a, it's an interesting um, thing. But the no pain, no gain doesn't have to be just for your issues. It's... There's no greater train. satisfaction than, than knowing there's a challenge, knowing that you, you're afraid of something and then going and doing it. Yep. And and whether it works or it doesn't work, and I've been fortunate enough where 90% of the time it's worked. 
So there's, you know, I was talking to the team yesterday about closing when we're in a listing appointment. There's no greater fear, especially for an inexperienced agent or someone coming up in their career, for some reason, than asking for the business at the end of an appointment. But when you do it, you've still got two arms and legs, or and or you're lucky enough that they sign on the bit of paper. There's no greater yeah. feeling in the world, and until you confront that, and until you do it, you, you're going to be stuck with everybody else. Yeah. yeah. All right. What what uh, would be your take in the last five pages, each of you? So for me, uh, last five pages. Page twenty nine so wraps it all up for me. Your you, your actual needs are small. Um, we've all progressed in life, so what usually what the what it says is that we forget where we've come from and we forget that now we've got all these bright, shiny things that we could actually live off, you know, $100 a week and, and two-minute noodles if we actually needed to. We've, we've Now we say dumb shit like, oh, I'd be good. if I didn't have my TV, I'd be lost, or if I didn't have, you know, this, I, I couldn't live without my cappuccino every morning, which is just rubbish talk, and it's just remembering where you came from. And it, it feeds into all the fear and all the will. The worst that can possibly happen is you're probably going to still have two arms and two legs and still be breathing, so why the fuck not? I, I, I think the page that I'm about to say, 26, is time is uh, what time off is for. And a, a simple saying it right at the top, leisure without study is death, a tomb for the living person. Um, we, like today's my day off and I come here to spend it with you guys. I also go and spend it with my dad every on my, on my day off. And I learn so much. And um, Cam, you said it... Oh, I, it was, I think, last year. You can learn from a, a cheap bottle of wine or a three-year-old per, a three-year-old child, but just be, have your eyes open enough to learn from every aspect of life. And it doesn't have to be a book. It doesn't have to be a, a podcast. Make it a podcast, but it doesn't have to be a podcast. But um, you can learn from everywhere. Well, I agree with that sentiment, but I disagree with that page, which is why I didn't mark it off, because sometimes you just got to switch off. It says on that page every time off yeah, needs no, to be done with the book. It. He says it. Take a day off from work every nine days. Yeah, but do it with a book but under your arm. Not a day off from learning. Yeah. That's what he meant. So I think I think that that's what Chris is trying to explain. Yeah, well, I think you can take a day off from learning though, because sometimes. But why you would you? I mean, sometimes it feels good to have nothing running no. between you. The only way you would not learn is not to open your eyes. It talked you know, about LeBron James earlier. Today, today I, I visited my dad and I had to cut up his food. Right, I had to cut cut up his chicken, and he said, "Oh, geez, you do that really well." I simply said, yeah, you taught me. And, you know, it was a really good moment for me at that point. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I'm not disagreeing it wasn't, with what you're saying. No, but it wasn't a matter of switching off. It was a matter of there's, there's things that pick you up, like, at any time. You're not I going mean. out looking to learn. It's yeah, you don't have to. Yeah, yeah, I love nothing more than when, when you need a break, watching a couple of hours of absolute dead shit television. I think <laughs> there's nothing greater in life. Some but you still learn something. You're still, something. still learning something. <laughs> I'm not trying to learn, all right? <laughs> Don't you tell me I'm learning. This is the whole problem. <laughs> tell me what He's going to bring the chocolate next week. <laughs> yeah, got it. Yeah, we can push it on That wasn't step. you. That was it, everyone. <clears throat> Mine was the 28th. You hold the trump card. You control, what, you control what every external event means to you personally. It includes the difficult one that's right in front of you right now. You'll find that you'll find if the approach is right, then the trump card is plenty. So it was just about more, you know, how you allow things to affect you or how you allow things to go, not just letting the external stuff dictate what you should do or what you shouldn't do. Yeah. You always have your will. No one else controls it. So, what about you, mate? I've learned that really there's nothing to worry about. Just take action. You're fine. If you don't like what you get, keep taking action. Yeah. Until you get something you like. Mm. So, really, there's nothing to worry about. Other than 
Now, let's take the last five minutes to discuss a little bit about what we asked each other yesterday. So, <laughs> who would be, from the reading we've done so far, who would be a stoic that you know or that you think is uh, emulating the principle of the stoics the best? Well, the problem with your answer was, see, look, we, you asked this last night in our <laughs> WhatsApp group. I came up with Martin Luther King, and when I read you know, the, bits I, the bit I know is he ticked off all the, the four main virtues of a Stoic, justice, courage, temperance and wisdom. Um, and then because you studied him further, you know about some stuff about his life that meant not Stoic. But if the question is who do we know that most resembles him, um, for me it was Martin Luther. Um, you know, the, the reason I eventually, it was just a coincidence that I ended up jumping in on you when you said... Um, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. It was because I'd already said... <laughs> I'd already said Bruce Lee and we'd already talked, this is before you guys jumped in, about how he couldn't be one because he was chasing too much fame. And then Megs had already brought up Elton, uh, brought up Elton John after we'd already said that Bruce Lee couldn't be one because he jumped in fame. And then you brought up Morgan Freeman. I'm like, read the rest of the comments yeah, but, because we've but, already but said But on that, that train of thought, though, we spoke about Jim Carrey. The, yeah, like didn't say he was a stoic. said, was he living stoic values? But, and this is where I think the conversation leads to is that do you ever I mean because I'm a Catholic doesn't mean I'm practicing all the Catholic values right not a Catholic. you didn't bring up the one about praying in here well, I was waiting for you. I left that for you there was one but, of those pages about praying a different way but but so you mean are you a, a practicing stoic are you working to be a stoic or are you a stoic what what's the terminology because I think everyone in their life like Jim Carrey was working towards being a stoic yeah and I think that was the question I asked I, guess at what point do you kind of go okay that stuff whether it be you know they were um bad towards women or violent or some of the comments that we talked about at what point do you go okay well that was their Past. their learning to get to this point and then is now morgan freeman still an actor they become is elton john still a performer yes and yes yes so they're still not but, there yet but why what is that is why is that not because the stoic reads a book and doesn't tell anyone about it we just talked about that on up on stage in front of 100,000 people. You only make a record for one reason, it's to make money. But, but you're talking about Seneca, who was one of the richest people in Rome at his time. Did and they Seneca, stop doing what they Did he stop making money because he, he was a stoke? Did he go and give away everything? Uh, they made pauper? schools and educated people. But, no, but they, they you say he, he, he made a song, he, he, he sings songs or makes movies to make money, but Seneca was one of the richest people in, in Rome at his time. Um, he was considered a billionaire in today's standard. So... I mean, until until he died, because Nero said you're gone, and he had to commit suicide, which I had a which I just read right, which was un, uh, unreal. I mean, and he and he committed suicide over yeah. it. Very hard well, for someone who's chasing Grammy awards and and, um, and Oscars to be considered stoic. But what about but if when that you have, But when you have a look, Seneca regretted it afterwards. So so the, these are some of the things. I think it was an interesting thing because to live like a stoic, I don't even believe I am, but to live like a stoic. You have to live a life chasing a better version of yourself, mm. period. Living in harmony with nature, s that's one of the conditions. Not looking for fame, not giving yourself to luxuries, and not even judging others. It's yeah. just, I mean, all of that stuff is what the Stoics about. You think about this. This is why the, the scholars are really only thinking that there was only one real one, and that was Marcus Aurelius. You imagine this. So he was an emperor who lived 
who actually reigned between uh, 160 AD, uh, I, th I think 180 AD and, and, and uh, 161 to 180. So 19 years of reigns as an emperor. Mate, he could have had so many women and had whatever he wanted. And that was a guy who wanted none of that. And then there was a question. Well, then why were, why were you an emperor? And the way that he was thinking in his book Meditation is, I didn't ask to be an emperor, but the gods made me an emperor. They decided that was my destiny. So I only do what's best by the gods' decision. I just fulfill my duty. Uh, because uh, he's thinking, if I don't do this, then somebody else will have to be an emperor. What if it was a worse guy than me? Then how is the world better because I did not live up to my duty? I mean, these, these I are amazing things, but he did not use his stuff, mate. He did not use his power, overuse his power like Nero, who was responsible for Seneca's death. He did not overuse all of these things that he got. He could have decided 10,000 things against people, but he didn't. I think it's a hard one to answer because... A lot of the people that we were talking about, we only know what has been shared to us through the media about them. We don't know them as a person. So my initial answer was someone that was really close to me growing up, my big nana. And it's because I actually knew her and I knew what she was like and how she did things. And, and when I've read this book, a lot of things have like reminded me of things that she would say or things that she would do. So I then sort of going to people that are more on a famous level, like you can you can see if they're living to the values of being a Stoic, but at what point do you say, yes, they are one? Yeah, I, I, I get that. And this is why I thought, you know, your, your grandma, after a few questions, I said, yeah, well, she, you know, she could be one. But Nelson Mandela, to me, is one of the big ones. Uh, you have a look as a president, any point in time that he just used his fame and his notoriety to do more things, he, he could have been a zillionaire, writing books here and, and being uh, doing charity here. No, he just went back to, to, to his place and just tried to live the best he, as best he could the last year of his life. And to me, you look at the guy who's gone and spent 27 years in jail and has come out better. He didn't let his enemy get the better of him. He actually used those 20, 27 years as a way to come out a much better man than he did <laughs> because he changed an entire destiny of a country. That, yep. to me, was the closest to what I saw as a Stoic. Very good. All right. Did you have yours or you had yours? You're still on Morgan Freeman. No, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck. I really, I, I don't know who I, I would pick. It's, but it's, it's good. It's, it's, good, it's quite hard. The, the reason why I was asking that is that sometimes people read books and, and I think that what we were doing, that makes you think further. That makes you research. That And, and I think that's what good books should do. Good books cannot leave you to, oh yeah, I got it because this guy is so intelligent, he wrote everything in the book. Good books, they stir you and you go, do you know what, I want to do some research on this. Why is that? I mean, one of the things I love the most when I read a book is, when I like a book, I start highlighting other books that they quote. Because I go, that's my next reading. That's my next day. Yeah. And that's how you go deeper and deeper in your research. And, and that's to me, is a sign of a good book. But listen, we, you still have another three months. We might just find your story <laughs> after all. <laughs> Thank you very much for today, guys. Thank you very Thank much. You. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Talk soon.